Greetings, everybody. This is Mike Schucht, president of Teneo Hospitality Group, and this is Teneo Talks Hospitality. Thank you all for joining us. We've had some great feedback and ideas from our audience, so we're thrilled now to begin our third session. And today, we're welcoming Wayne Robinson with FM Global and Eric Kuster with Pinehurst Resort. Let's start with some introductions, shall we? Wayne, can you tell us a little bit about your background and what your current role is with the FM Global, please? Sure, Mike. First of all, thanks a lot for inviting me to uh, join you on Teneo Talks. It's definitely an honor. A little bit about my background. I'm one of the people that couldn't exactly decide what they wanted to do when they got out of school. So I went to school, studied economics, management, science, and I thought I was going to go into banking. So if you don't go into banking, what's the next best thing? You go into meeting planning. So I started out uh, at AT&T many years ago, and I started out in the procurement department. At that time, it was purchasing, and there was an opportunity to start working in the, on a meetings team because they did a lot of international meetings and such, and actually it was all in conjunction with selling product. So I was young, single. I really didn't know what I wanted to do, so I said, you know, this would be pretty cool. So I started out at AT AT&T, and then I had an opportunity to go to Guardian Life in New York City, where I managed the team and then eventually became the director. Then I moved on to Northwestern Mutual in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I spent almost three years there. And I'm an East Coast kid. I came back home. Now I reside in Rhode Island, and I manage the programs and exhibits team here at FM Global. A little bit about FM Global. We're a commercial property insurance company. First time I ever worked for anything outside of personal lines insurance. So it was an education for me. A great company, great opportunity. And that's where I'm at right now. Awesome. Well, we did a little social media. And um, when we mentioned your name, I must say that there is a little bit of a celebrity status there, Wayne. So I'm just kind of feeding off the aura of Wayne Robinson today. That's okay. That's what happens when you get old, Mike. (laughs) Hey, I can relate to that. (laughs) So anyway, thank you, Wayne. Really appreciate that. And next is Eric Kuster, who's the Vice President of Sales and Business Development for the Pinehurst Resort. And Eric, I've seen your career and it's been an amazing career. Thank you. I have an opportunity to speak with everybody today. So my journey to Pinehurst, a little similar to what Wayne was describing. It was kind of interesting to hear that. I kind of backed into hospitality. I've always been a North Carolina kid, and it was a kind of a subliminal courtship with Pinehurst. I came down here during the 1999 U.S. Open when Payne Stewart won in dramatic fashion on the 18th green, of course, number two. Uh, and everyone knows the embrace that he and Phil Mickelson had. You can kind of see it in your mind like it was yesterday. Well, I drove down Carolina Vista Drive the Thursday night of that U.S. Open, and I was enamored with the place. And being a kid from Charlotte, Pinehurst, you know, that was the first U.S. Open that Pinehurst had ever hosted. So it was a little bit unknown known, if you can believe it. So fast forward four years, I graduate from North Carolina State University up in Raleigh. And I always had a, always had an itch to be in sales and marketing. I just, I just married it up with golf, but it took me a while to get to this, what I call my dream job, which you mentioned, Mike, is VP of sales and business development. I spent many years working in operations. I started at the front desk. So, you know, to get to this point, you have to put the time in, right? And so you have to do the tedious tasks. You have to work the weekends, the nights, the holidays. I'm sure Wayne can relate. We all kind of land at our lot in life, but it takes time to get there. And it's been an incredible journey. I currently 
manage all revenue generating business units, which includes group sales, reservation sales, yield management, marketing, event services, and catering. I feel very honored to be doing what I do and represent Pioneer's Resort in the industry. And it's been a challenging year for sure, which we're going to get into, but every day is different at Pinehurst and it's fun to lead and manage the team that I get to lead every day. Wow, that's really awesome, Eric. I got to admit, I got the chills a little bit thinking about the Payne Stewart embrace and the U.S. Open and your story about driving down the road there. That's pretty inspirational. So uh, very cool. Thank you for sharing that. And just a little bit about myself, Mike Schuck. I've been in the business for a little over 30 years and most of all in sales and marketing. But like Eric, I started at the front desk front desk manager and I did all the tasks and the individual development programs and training and just kind of worked my way up through Marriott and then primarily with Hilton to be vice president of sales and marketing for Hilton in the southern part of the United States and Latin America for 10 years based out of Orlando and then about 10 years ago started on my own and ran into Taneo about six and a half years ago and pleased to be the president of um, uh, what I think is a really young up and coming and exciting company and we're uh, excited to be part of this podcast and certainly an honor to be with Wayne and Eric here. So thank you, gentlemen. Let's jump right into it. So Wayne, you have had a remarkable career and I'd venture to say that you've seen most everything that a business and a meeting professional could have seen. But as we all know, today is unprecedented. Could you tell us, you as a meeting professional and as a leader, how have you adapted to these new times in these last six months? I think that's a great question there, Mike. And I have to tell you, the only way I have adapted is basically to pretty much admit to myself that I don't have any answers. And what I mean by that is I went through 9-11. I worked downtown Manhattan during that time. Obviously, there was a downturn to follow in the economy. Our industry was devastated for quite some time until we came back strong. 2008 hit, went through that. Obviously, you know, it affected everyone, both the corporate and hospitality side, tremendously. But there is absolutely nothing I've done in over 30 years to prepare me for what we're dealing with now. And not just the pandemic, but everything. It's like the whole snowball effect. Everything that's going on right now, racial justice, the economy, a lot of it is going on in in politics. It all affects us because obviously we pretty much are the face of of our industry. And our industry touches every single aspect and every facet of our society. And I never thought about it in those terms prior to that. But when you realize that when they start putting up those numbers on the six o'clock news and the 11 o'clock news about impacted industries and how that has affected the economy and almost at the top of the list is hospitality, that is pretty daunting. I mean, there's nothing to prepare any of us for that. So back to your question, you asked me, okay, how do I adapt? And the first thing I have to do and admit to myself, and my wife will tell you this, is you have to say, I really don't have an answer because my answer today may change tomorrow. And my answer tomorrow may change the following day. So adapting is really basically just really getting a full understanding of what's going on right now and preparing yourself for the change that's going to come tomorrow. How does that affect us on our day-to-day face-to-face meetings, the virtual meetings that we have to have right now? Obviously, that's our lifeblood in order to continue to have interaction with our clients, our internal and external stakeholders, the hybrid approach, which we may be the future for us and what, what we're going to be doing from now on. I mean, just think about just working from home and being able to manage departments, to manage priorities, to manage your responsibilities from your family room. I mean, that's something that 10 years ago, someone would have told me, and I'm like, you're crazy. That can't happen. We're not the industry for that. 
you know, but that just goes to show change is evident. Adapting is one of the most difficult things right now to do. And in order to adapt, we have to accept and we also have to admit that, you know what, I don't have the answers. I'll figure it out. But it's so fluid and things are happening so fast that we're constantly adapting. We haven't adapted. We're adapting. So this is a constant ebb and flow and a day-to-day flux that we have to manage. To be honest with you, I was never prepared for that. But adapting to the circumstances that we're dealing with in our industry, in our personal lives, in our country, everything really is all at one time happening. So constantly adapting, trying to get a better understanding, admitting I don't have the answers, which I never had to do because it was something specific to our industry. You could always figure it out some kind of way. Right now, it's a day-to-day. I take things day-to-day, and that's that's pretty much how we adapt to what we're dealing with right now, if that makes sense. Yeah, Wayne, it makes perfect sense. What I appreciate most about your comments is that this is your reality. You know what I mean? This is your reality today, and you're actually able to express what your reality is. And that's not really easy to do for many of us. So I appreciate the honesty, the candor, and kind of the rawness of what you're talking about, Wayne, because I think all of us can relate to it, but not all of us can articulate it. So thank you for that. So Eric, Pinehurst, you said it best in your introduction, dating back to 1895, a place where tradition stands on its own and where there's consistency, quality, integrity. They've all been the foundation of the resort for many years. And I'm sure Pinehurst, like everything else, has experienced many new things since March. And I'm curious, first, how is the resort adapting with the times right now beyond things like cleaning protocols and things like that? And how are you kind of as a leader fitting into that adaptation or change? That's a great question, Mike. I was waiting for Wayne to make a prediction on when we're going to have a vaccine, but he stopped short of that. But uh, but no, um, the word adapting is obviously the operative word right now, but Pinehurst is resilient. We we will outlast the pandemic. No one knows when it, when we're going to eradicate it, when we're going to have a vaccine uh, on a mass, commercial, scalable level to allow people to, to return to live events pre-COVID. But as you said, Mike, 125 years does give us durability. It gives us strength and hope to know that we're going to, you know, we've been through pandemics uh, and world wars before. And so we do feel very optimistic that there will come a day where we will get back to welcoming the group customer. When that happens, we still don't know. And, you know. I think it's important for the sales and marketing leaders listening to understand that crisis give permission. What I mean by that is it, it gives you permission to try new things. Obviously, we're seeing the industry adapt. They're really embracing the virtual meetings. And I think that is here to stay. Hopefully, it won't supplant the, you know, the essential meetings and events and incentive programs. I don't think they will. I think Wayne would probably agree with me there. But you have to look at this, as you asked Mike specifically about the sales process, Process. And a lot of these you know, destination marketing companies, I give them a lot of credit, including Teneo. There's a plug for you. But the virtual appointments, the pivoting to allowing the sales teams to connect with buyers like Wayne and his team in a virtual forum, that's been a very positive step given everything else has come to a halt. We can't travel. We can't go into the market. We like to be in front of people. We are sales and marketing people. We like human to human. We're social creatures. We crave interaction. When that is taken away from you, how do you replace it? So, you know, that's one way we've been adapting is we've been doing a lot of virtual appointments. 
from a digital marketing approach, we're focusing hyper-focused on regional drive market. For us, the drive market has expanded from the, the typical four-hour drive to now six, seven hours. People are more apt to drive to destinations. From a product standpoint, we've done a lot of innovations pre-COVID that luckily have positioned us for more visitors. Obviously, being a golf resort, uh, the largest and the most historic in the country, being outside is a benefit right now. So we have uh, we've been leaning into that DNA of golf pretty strongly. So smaller smaller retreats uh, and executive offsites um, are continuing to come to Piners, but there's a strong golf component attached to it. So a lot of outdoor space venues have really been accentuated, and we're really trying to sell the benefit of that because we have gathering bands indoors, and we have to make sure that we honor that. And I think our customer base expects us to be responsible when we are reaching out to them with solutions for the short term until we get into a phase where we can allow larger gatherings. This is the reality we're in right now. To Wayne's point, we have to adapt. We don't know the answers. We don't know when we're going to be able to to have larger conventions and meetings here. But until then, we have to continue to give permission to our sales team, try different things, set up F&B outside where there's uh, more activation outside where people feel more comfortable where social distancing can take place. And because of our retreat and rural nature where we are, about an hour outside of Raleigh, we can do that in a very natural and intrinsic way. So I hope that answered your question, but that there's a lot of ways we're, we're adapting from a product standpoint, also from a sales process and a marketing standpoint. It's a mixed bag of constantly shifting and trying to stay relevant in this disruptive world we're living in. Excellent. What you and Wayne really said, too, is that things change on a daily basis, <laughs> if not sooner. In, in your business, there's a lot of things physically and things that you can do to change and adapt. And then you as a leader are kind of going with that same flow and bringing those two things together to lead the efforts of the Pinehurst Resort. So I think that's really interesting. This, for Taneo and for myself personally, has been an extraordinary opportunity and an extraordinary challenge. And there's, you know, you think of a dichotomy as two things, but it it feels like a dichotomy times 10, you know, because there's so many things happening during this pandemic. And on one hand, it's absolute torture in some ways, because as a leader, what I really care about are the people that I work with. And to see any of them harmed or furloughed or, you know, not getting exactly what they had the day before is extreme for me as part of the crew that is building this company. And you have that on one side of the equation. And in the middle of that, you're embracing this challenge. Okay. And you're embracing the fact that this is our reality, a pandemic. So it's important to be empathetic to the folks on our team, to our clients and to our members and to be all also a leader that not only Taneo, myself, and Daryl, our CEO, but others can kind of see as something to look toward for guidance. And then in the third part, it's really looking at the incredible opportunity that this creates. What is the opportunity that this situation has created? And, you know, for us and me personally, it's reinventing ourselves. It's thinking every single day as to what is relevant and where can we add value to our clients, our members, and Taneo. And, you know, as a team, as a group of people, we've come up with a lot of really interesting ideas from virtual meetings and partnering to looking at our business model and adjusting it with different types of hotels, getting into things like the wedding market, the government market, the Smurf market, things where we can add 
value to our members and our clients. So I think it's a gut check for everybody during this time. And uh, I think as leaders, as all of us are leaders and directors of sales and clients that are leading their organizations and our members and everybody, that there is opportunity here. And to think through that and find that opportunity is a once in a life opportunity in this time. And I think we all have to embrace it. I think there's a lot of introspection that goes on amongst us, but in this world of adaptation, this is kind of who we are. And Wayne, I'm curious, as we all are trying to get back into some normal routines here, it's interesting. We've actually, in our world, in the last couple of weeks, are seeing green shoots come out of the ground, okay, on the meeting side. And I was curious, Wayne, in your world, what are the kind of trigger points that you can share with our audience, other meeting planning organizations? companies that plan meetings, associations, hotel membership, DMCs, et cetera. What are those triggers that you're looking for that will give you the green light to start planning meetings again and thinking about planning meetings again? That's a great question, Mike. I believe it's two-pronged. One, obviously, the things that are outside of our control and that, you know, whether it be any government restrictions. Obviously, you know, you got to go further. I'm not even talking on a federal basis. It goes all the way down to local. I mean, how many people can gather and the destinations, what's the current climate, if it's outside of the U.S., travel, obviously, any travel restrictions. If it's internal, our own travel policy. And if it's clients, we have to be very aware of exactly what their companies are allowing them to do. All those variables and a lot of those are outside of our control. And Eric made a point earlier about a prediction (laughs) and none of us can really predict. But at the same token, the second part of that question is, okay, what can we control and what do we have to do and be prepared for? So, for example, if we're saying, okay, fine, this is the current situation. We talked about adapting to the current situation, but we also have to prepare for, okay, what's going to happen? And even in some respects, from what I'm hearing from some of my constituents and some of the people within the industry are like, hey, listen, we got stuff on the books in fourth quarter. And and if we're going to pivot from fourth quarter, we're looking at 2021. Okay. And if we're first quarter of 2021 in any way, shape or form may be affected, then we're going to look at second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter and full steam ahead in 22. So on one hand, adapting to the current situation. On the other hand, we're preparing for what we hope to be the new normal. And that is getting back heads in bed, especially being able to run our incentives, to run our business meetings, to run our internal, external meetings, client meetings, board of directors. I mean, everything we're doing right now that we can control is moving forward, especially in the insurance industry, insurance and financial, because it's such a key, those relationships, face-to-face meetings, that camaraderie, those long-term built-up client relationships. In some instances, my own company I can speak of, we have relationships with some companies over 100 years. And guess what? Those relationships are built and people change and move on to different positions. But those face-to-face communications are even more important. Having the opportunity to meet, to incent your sales staff, to basically say a thank you to your clients right now, the stuff that we're doing virtually. We have every intention as a company and not just FM Global, but as an industry to move forward into what we don't know, but what we have to be prepared for, if that makes sense. So I have not spoken to one person. Obviously, this is our bread and butter and how we earn a living, but I haven't heard one person say, hey, listen, 
get used to virtual, train your staff. Yeah, we're doing all that stuff. It's a requisite. We have to do that. We have to be prepared for what's going on right now. But we're also preparing for what's next, a vaccine, a level of comfort, uh, restrictions, governmental restrictions or local restrictions moving past this and saying, because now as a country, we're a lot more comfortable in what we do in the new normal. Is everything going to go back to what it was? Probably not. There's going to be hybrid meetings. We know that. There's going to be some meetings that are going to take place virtually from now on. It could be internal meetings from cost-saving perspectives. We got whole companies that are now basically no longer brick and mortar. So obviously we're changing, but from an industry standpoint, I can never see us shifting away from our model, which has been so successful for so long and will continue to be successful once we move past this. I hope that makes sense. Yes, that's really interesting. And what's more interesting about that is we had a call a couple of weeks ago with our Taneo Client Advisory Board. And if I had to encapsulate what the 12 meeting professionals were talking about, it was a lot of what you just talked about. And you've said it amazingly well there, Wayne, in a short period of time. And it's really about today and tomorrow and how to think about it. And also knowing that there's going to be some change in whatever it is that you're planning. But that was a really interesting answer. And I'm sure our listeners are going to get a lot from that way. So thank you for giving that some good thought and very well said. Very much appreciate that. Eric, again, when you think about anything that's been open since 1895 and you think about the relevance of Pinehurst today, there's so many different things that come through one's mind. And I'm curious, what are your clients and constituents and members and what are they telling you and how are you adjusting to what the future is going to be? They want to travel. Decisions are being made that are outside their control for the you know, the health and safety of their attendees. So every single day we have conversations with corporate and association clients that are telling us we are committed to doing this event, but we're going to press pause and we're going to punt into 2021. And I'm sure Wayne is doing the same thing. Everyone's just trying to get beyond that threshold, wherever that threshold is. I happen to think it's going to be in Q2, but I, I know nothing. I'm not wearing my lab coat right now. I'm not a scientist. But I think this travel pause has given more recognition to the value of why we travel, whether it's leisure or BT or or meetings and events. I just, you know, we travel to accomplish a lot of things. I mean, to see people, to, to see, visit unique places, to have experiences that allow us to connect and build and deepen relationships. We can't forget about that. And that's where we have to, you know, that's the linchpin of travel. And I just think the idea of travel is exciting right now. So hopefully there's a pent up demand that's going to unleash itself once we get to that point of returning to the travel space. Because even with the popularity of Zoom, and, and look, we're using it too. Like Wayne said, we're, we, we've all kind of found efficiencies with Zoom and GoTo and all this stuff. But there's just no substitute for that the surge of excitement that you get from being somewhere. I'm going to be selfish here just because I have the microphone. And you know, when you drive down Carolina Vista and you're excited, you've been planning this event for months or years and you have chill bumps because you know you've come to an iconic place or you put the tee in the ground on the first hole of number two or you're about to step up to the podium to address your top producers for the year. I mean, Zoom cannot replicate that, that jolt of anticipation or camaraderie that you get being around your clients. So it's a nice temporary substitute to, to get a communication medium accomplished, but Piners is going to be here and we're going to get through this. Better days are coming. We just have to be patient. We have to have empathy. We have to have situational awareness. We have to have the telescope to look on the horizon so that we're event ready. 
like Wayne said earlier, you have to make sure that your audiovisual partners and your production partners and your NSOs are all on the same page because hybrid is probably going to be relevant for a while. But the industry has done a great job. I, I really applaud the industry. I mean, I, I'm sure everyone's reading the same publications, but even this EIC, Events Industry Council, I mean, they've done a heck of a job of lobbying to all the congressional leaders in D.C. Um, and forming task force for, for this COVID-19 business recovery. We've learned a lot in this industry, haven't we, Wayne? We certainly have, Eric, and we're continuing to learn. But one of the things is, is the consistency. And whether it be our hoteliers, client side, everyone consistently says, we're going to make it through this. We're going to get back to where we were. It may never be the same, exact same model. Obviously, we'll deal with the challenges that we can prepare for, economic downturns or things that happen in the world. But no one is saying that we're not going to get back to where, where we need to be. And we're not going to be prepared for that. And that's the most important thing. Totally. Very well said. And you're right. You use the word telescope. Sometimes I use the word microscope. <laughs> I think you need both at your desk <laughs> these days. Yeah. yeah, so it's very interesting. And I think if I were to kind of relay some of the things our advisory board was telling us, you know, and I think, Wayne, you touched on it, is a lot of this starts with medicine and, and kind of what the government is mandating is in terms of meetings and things. You know, what I found really fascinating through the summer is I had a chance to go to a number of our different Teneo hotels in Florida and so forth and just kind of see what the weekends were like and looking at the leisure travel and even some other Floridian resorts that are out there. Generally speaking, they were very, very busy this summer on weekends and, and leisure time periods. And I was sitting there at the Omni Amelia Island, which just does this amazing job of cleanliness and protocols, and they just follow every rule. If you look on the beach, you're sitting there watching a family with the grandparents and the grandchildren all sitting there at once and then other people around. I'm thinking to myself, well, some of these folks are meeting attendees. So what my point is, is that I think people definitely want to get back to traveling and they enjoy all of what our industry has. And so I think it's a matter of time and kind of in the meantime, you're right. There's things going on virtually and certain association groups trying to meet and to have their meeting the way they need it to be. Some of the board meetings taking place. We were experiencing one event where the board of directors was coming to a hotel to use the ballroom to do a presentation. And there were some people in the audience nicely spread out. And then there were other people, attendees in their guest rooms <laughs> that were watching in. And then there were others that were at their homes or uh, home offices watching in as well. So it was really kind of a unique experience of tying everything together into one event. And I think that just goes to prove that necessity is the mother of invention. And people, as they're meeting, they're doing it in many different ways. And as things improve, I think we'll see a lot more of that with eventually getting back to what we do for a living here. So listen, gentlemen, this has been fascinating. It's really been eye-opening for me. I think our listeners are going to really get a lot of great ideas. Before we end the podcast, I wanted to thank you very much for, for joining us for this third edition of Teneo Talks Hospitality. It's been a great experience. Really enjoyed it. And wishing you and your family a great end of the summer here. And from everyone here at Teneo, let's all stay safe. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to visit TaneoHC.com for the latest and greatest industry information. Cheers, everybody.